It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Well, sitting at the O'Hare Airport, at least I'm guessing he's going through O'Hare, at uh, Terminal L in, uh, I, I, I... I'm dying to know what it was like at Soldier Field there, Elliot. I mean, I, I <laughs> did it just become quiet all of a sudden after the clang clang, the doink doink, or uh, just give us your uh, your viewpoint and perspective on this wonderful, wonderful Monday afternoon? Well, first, let me say the double doink game is a phenomenal nickname for this win. Yes. Like, that's how you know it was a great win when you already have a great nickname and it hasn't even been 24 hours. So that is a good positive step. But here's what I would say about the mood at Soldier Field. I guess actually a lot of things. So it was a crazy afternoon. First thing I would say is like, it was when I was walking into the stadium and you, when the kickoff happened, and you see that crowd, I thought to myself, this would be an extremely impressive win for this Eagles team. I know they've won the Super Bowl. A lot of the obviously players on the roster. So they won that Super Bowl, but to go into a true road game like that in a city like Chicago against a team like the Bears in that atmosphere, I thought it was an extremely tough test. And I thought it would be an extremely impressive win. And obviously it turned into that. Now, the final moment I've been covering, I tried to figure it out today. I feel like I'm probably over, I'm probably, I'm probably over a hundred games I've covered live in the NFL, maybe more like 130, including multiple Super Bowls. I have never seen a crowd react that way that they did at Soldier Field yesterday. <laughs> like the combination of like complete stunned silence with also the combination of the sound of about maybe a thousand Eagles fans cheering. It was just, it was incredible to see. And I mean, I can only imagine what it was like in Philadelphia or I know you guys are at the Fillmore. I'm sure it was wild there, but just the scene of watching Eagles players celebrate as they run out onto the field prematurely, by the way, Yeah. as, as uh, you know, people in Chicago realize their season has just ended. It was really quite the sight to, uh, to see. Well, and Alshon saying, go home, bye-bye. You know, like I felt he was a part of the family, <laughs> like immediately well, he's, right he's there. My, he's my boy now. Yeah, of my course. Boy Alshon. I was. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I was nervous because you tweeted that article out that you were wrong about Alshon Jeffrey, and I go, here we go. I got that's a good point. That's I was point. like, now, now the the big game and all that. But then the, there was a report on the NFL Network, and 
you know, we we had uh, amends there. They said if anybody's going to go off, and Brandon Brooks said that before the game, for, for you know, three, four days before the game, if anybody's going to go off, it's going to be Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I thought he had a phenomenal game. Uh, you know, overall, this was probably one of best uh, Doug's best coaching ventures, uh, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, and you even said this is where where did you rank this one in terms of Nick Foles's career? So I think it's the second best win of his career. I've gotten some blowback on that. A lot of people point to the NFC Championship uh, game last year. Where I mean, here's the thing about Nick Foles, and again, like this just speaks to his career. There are probably 10 games you could pick to be in his top five. I mean, the guy's got an amazing collection of victories on his resume. The only reason I would put this number two is kind of what I talked about at the beginning, just to go into that atmosphere, beat that defense, beat a game where you were six-point underdogs, the biggest underdog of the weekend. And, you know, his stat line is not going to look great, two interceptions, two touchdowns, but no turnovers in the second half. The game-winning drive against the number one defense. I really thought this was full second-best game of his career. He'll probably never top his performance in the Super Bowl, but, again, with Nick Foles, like, who knows, right? I mean, a month from now, we could be talking about him, two-time Super Bowl MVP. But I think this, this win against Chicago was, was certainly right up there. And Man. I think it's number two. I mean, where would you put it? Uh, I, a lot lower than that, to be honest with you. Like the wow. fin- the, All right, well, what would you put? The fin- uh, maybe, I think it, it definitely cracks like the top ten, but maybe it's like six, seven, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Like I, I, I right. can't I'd even... be very interested to hear. Okay. So well, I'm assuming we both thing. have the Super Bowl number one. And everybody's going to take this the wrong way and don't take this the wrong way. But Foles was terrible. Uh, he was really bad through a lot of this, a lot of this game. Um, there were sustaining drives that, you know, were good and great. And he ended them due to the interceptions. Now I know like the one on Smallwood, that's not on him. That's just a really good play. We said that in the post game show, but I don't think he was that great. Honestly, uh, until that final drive, which is exactly where you want him. And I think that's where you and I usually disagree on these things anyway. You look at the performance as like, this is, uh, you know, the the comebacks, they get a little more credit. Or, you know, turning things around, that gets a lot more credit. And that gets a lot more credit in the NFL, frankly. That's why the Super Bowl performance, the NFC Championship game, um, the, you know, the seven touchdowns, I think those are all better games than than that I would even say like the Rams game was better uh in his career because I know we talked about that I think that was a better performance overall from Nick Foles and what you saw in this game but if we're just ranking it on the final drives absolutely I in fact I think that was his best final drive that I've ever seen I mean cool as a cucumber uh just throughout that entire thing and it's just you know it always gets boring to me, Elliot, when you hear the same things about Nick Foles, but they're 100% true. You know, we were saying it on the radio show on Saturday where he's just, he should have a, a kimono and he should just be zen-like and just yeah. be hanging out. And every single lineman said that he was, and that's what ended up kind of winning the game. But that's that's where I am. I, I know well, you're probably... Right. Hold, yeah, hold on really it. quick before you move on too much, because I pretty strongly disagree with you that Nick Foles was terrible yesterday. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he played well. He certainly, I mean, look, the interception he threw in the end zone was just terrible, inexcusable throw. Bad read, bad ball, like that was a really bad throw. He had the uh, pass to Goddard. If I remember correctly, it was pretty late in the game where he had him fairly wide open along the sideline. He just put it too far ahead of him. So he definitely did, did not have his, he definitely had his moments that were not good, but I just think, again, you have to take into consideration who he's playing against. And this is coming from a guy that yeah. I thought the Eagles were going to score way more points. So 
to me, like, the fact they only scored 16 points was surprising. I did think they would score more. But I also think I did underestimate how good that Chicago defense is at home. And for Foles to go, I think it was something like 14 of 20 in the second half for two touchdowns, no interceptions, a game-winning drive. Like, I get your point that he was not great. And if that Cody Park Parky kick goes in, I think you probably look at it a little differently, which is crazy because he's nothing to do with that play. But that's just the reality of the NFL. But I just think overall – when you take into account the opponent, the stage, I think he was far closer to having a really good game than he was a terrible game. Uh, it was, um, I, I, no, well, because they should have scored more points. I guess that's where I keep going yeah, back I, to. I agree with that. I agree with that. And and they did, as as good as that defense was, I mean, Doug had their number. I mean, there were, you know, there were people getting yeah. open. There were many opportunities to kind of take control of that game, especially in the third quarter. I think you even, I saw you tweet that out at one point. And then, you know, after the three and out and the two runs back to back, you're like, and they didn't, you know, and I know that's not all on foals either, but uh, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was a, a great performance. Um, well, one, one, one overall. part too, that just, I don't know if you picked up on this, uh, you and James, like w- watching it at the film where, but just like seeing it live, I really thought that like the, the offense was getting ready to have a really big game. To go right down the field, they uh, have the field goal. It seemed like they were clicking. Man, getting pinned on the one-yard line really ended up impacting this offense, I think. And really, I, I might have almost ended up costing the game. I thought they were playing really well. Then you get in a situation where you start to drive at the one-yard line. You start to drive, I think their next one was at the eight. And they had to, I mean, it took like, you know, almost a full quarter to flip the field back in their way. So uh, obviously at the end of the game, that terrible punt, um, ended up helping them, but I thought for the most part the Bears special team really like had a big impact on that game in terms of helping the Bears win. Huge, yeah. We didn't touch on that much, and this kind of got muddled too. Um, I thought the best best plays of that game. Uh, I mean, leading up to that drive where Alshon gets it on the third nine was excellent, yep. and that's been going around the timeline. Uh, but uh, I I feel as though the best thing that Doug Peterson did was those two runs before they scored with Golden Tate. Because that, to me, is actually what kind of put pressure on, you know, Trubisky, everybody else, to go get that that field goal. They had no timeouts, they, and they kept going in the middle of the field, and it ran it down. I mean, they made... They made an easy kick harder, and by by forcing by forcing Nagy's hand to call those two timeouts, that was that was a game changer, an absolute game changer. That and Michael Bennett kind of holding up Mitch Trubisky after completing one of those, I think after the Allen Robinson catch, uh, and just taking time seven eight seconds off the clock and and roll it. That's that's the ball game essentially, like making it an easier kick. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, and the other thing is, too, like, I, I, I feel like I, we should be talking about this way more, and, and Eagles fans should be focusing on it way more. Like, the Eagles lost this game if Doug Pearson doesn't call that timeout at the exact split second when yep. he does. Yep. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, I mean, not a, a, he decides to ice Parky, which you can argue is an easy decision there, but I don't think it's a no-brainer decision. I mean, some, some people just like to let the kicker think you're going to ice them, and then you kick it anyway. So he decides to ice him, which ends up being the right call. And then he calls it, like, literally at the split second where Parkey has to kick it, right? So Parkey goes and he makes it the first time. So, I mean, that, that decision and the execution of that was just, you know, it's the reason they won the game. They literally don't win that game if not. Uh, but it is crazy looking back. Like, there'll be moments from this game that a lot of people will talk about for a long time, the throw to Golden Tate, the Parkey miss, obviously. But there were just so many plays that when you go back and you look, just like – 
so many little things went right for the Eagles, which is weird because at one point of the game, I remember thinking they're both dominating this game and also lucky to be in it. Like yes. they were shoot, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they were shooting themselves in the foot time and time again. I mean, the the two first half interceptions by Foles are really bad. Uh, you know, the the penalties. Um, I thought the Avante Maddox interception. I know it's holding him to a high standard, which I think he does deserve to be held to now. But I get that he's also a rookie. The, the Avante Maddox interception. He makes a phenomenal jump on that ball. That mm-hmm. that has to be an interception. I mean, he has to complete that play. Um, and there was just you know a number of things where you're like you know the Michael the Michael Bennett penalty on uh, I think it was on third down where they were going to be off the field and then that extends the drive and I think yeah on Kyle Long that whole exchange back and forth yep. yes exactly yeah. yeah which is funny because Chris Long is probably Michael Bennett's best friend on the team at least just from the outside looking in of, of the locker room dynamics but um, I mean yeah like they were just continually shooting themselves in the foot and it's one of those games where at the end I have like three different versions story and I'm like going back and forth like oh they're gonna win they're gonna lose they're gonna win and if they lost I was gonna say like look this team it was a lot of what you saw throughout this this regular season with this team like dumb penalties Mm -hmm. losing close games but the difference was I mean the the main difference was that Nick Foles just doesn't lose these games he just doesn't the guy knows how to win close games yeah that's and that's the craziest thing too is no matter where you look and we've talked about this for three weeks now ESP no matter yeah. where you look, his resume is always going to have major accolades on it. He is going to be surrounded by very few names, and those very few names are in the Hall of Fame or all-time greats. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're just going, what <laughs> what in the world? Uh, I like this new version of Nick Foles um, since we'll, we'll even say 2015 when he was with the Chiefs. Man, uh, and, and again, we've been all over the place with him. And, 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 and to me, like... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to um, say it's it's funny to me too that like even looking when you when you're talking about how this game could have gone differently because you know Trey Sullivan wide open in the end zone and Mitch Trubisky yeah. throwing right at him, you're going, oh my god! If anybody touches that ball, you know, where Anthony Miller fumbles and the NFL had the weirdest explanation right. for all of that, Mitch Trubisky's stat line looks horrible. You know, like there's there 300 yards in a touchdown. Uh, is is fine, but I mean, like he played like he was throwing one eighty nine two picks and a touchdown, which is really what it should have been um, at the end of this one. So as much as we will all give credit, I'll continue to give credit. I mean, like the the trenches were the stars uh, for a long time, and then like you said, Avante Maddox in that first half was was outstanding. But I mean, that's why it should have been more towards what we were thinking, you know, shorter fields, less possessions for the Bears and, you know, Nick Foles being able to capitalize on those things. But, you know, neither one of those things kind of happened. But sorry, go back to Foles, uh, whatever you were going to say there. Well, I was going to say, well, now I have a lot of things to say because you're making a ton of good points that I want to counter. But um, the the first thing I'll say is, to me, like the biggest difference between this team with Foles in it and with Wentz in it, there are differences, but – like, you look at that Houston game, right? The Houston game, the Eagles lost that game about three times this year, where the, the offense does enough at the end to get the lead, but then the defense plays well all game, and then they blow it, and the Eagles end up losing that game because they can't get it in at the end, right? Foles leads them down the field for the game-winning field goal. Yesterday, again, like, the Eagles, we, I think we'll both agree, to a certain to a certain degree were dominating that game, right? Like, they were playing yes. better than the Bears. They were certainly playing. I thought the Eagles' offense was playing better than the Bears' offense. And I thought the defense was playing better than the Bears' defense. But just again, like, Foles' ability to win in these close moments, it just it really is the difference between what this team was before and after. And 
That's not to say that Carson won't one day be able to do it. But, and I tweeted this prior to the game, and I truly believe it. People were very mad about it. But, like, it really is a shame that Carson's not getting these postseason reps. Like, looking down at Soldier Field mm-hmm. from the press box, like, that is an environment you want Carson to have experienced. Because even if they lose that game yesterday because of Carson, sure, it's not as exciting a day for fans, but Carson's a better quarterback next year because of it. And that is just the one thing I've, I keep thinking today when thinking back about that game yesterday. Like, you know, again, the future, we can talk about that later. That's an off-season discussion. But, like, that is a game yesterday that this team grew from, like, as a unit. And, you know, it'll help them against the Saints for sure. But overall, like, this, it really isn't a group of guys, say, for four or five players, are going to have a big impact next year. And just, like, I don't know. I was just thinking, like, you look around the league, Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, Andrew Luck, Patrick Holmes, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, all these young quarterbacks are getting really good postseason reps, and Carson's not one of them. Yeah, and that's um, uh, uh, really unfortunate. You know, and that's bad. Yeah. That is bad. Like I, um, I don't even know why I corrected it the other day because it's just true. I mean, that's you basically just reworded it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, just and that was really just to protect the ratio because what you were saying was I didn't disagree with it all. It is true, and even watching um, Lamar yesterday just struggle so badly, you know, for mm-hmm. three quarters, and then all of a sudden just be like, no, I can, I can do this. I'm the, I'm one of the, I'm one of two of the youngest. Uh, you know, quarterbacks ever to be start a playoff game. And then you kind of saw him kind of blossom just a tiny bit, you know, be like, all right, I'm not going to be too scared of this moment. And yeah, that was, he'll be better for it next year. Right. And that I mean, was, you know, like, that going was my, into postseason next year, he'll have experience. Right. And my, that was my first thought was just like, okay, in two years, he's going to go win you that football game, you know, and we don't really know, no, we have no evidence, right? Like, we have no evidence, and people are going to point to that, especially you are going to keep pointing <laughs> to the evidence of that. Well, he hasn't done it yet. Um, and I think this is, you know, just like you said, I, I will, I'm going to continue to enjoy the moment. And I, I can speak for a lot of people where they are, they are just not going to, you know, put up with that, especially when you got a humongous game against the New Orleans Saints and it's about right. the crest and not the name on the back and the rah, 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 sis, boom, bah. I, I totally get that. But that's, well, that well, is well, all in the back of my then, mind. Yeah. Um, to move on from that point, but to tie them together a little. Yeah. Like, the Eagles winning in that environment yesterday made them, like, that is a huge win for this group of 53 players, right? Yeah. Like, I know the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, but there's a lot of differences in terms of the roster. I mean, Michael Bennett wasn't there. You know, like, there are just differences, right? So the fact that the Eagles won that game yesterday, and I'm ready to talk about the Saints game because I yeah. think it's going to be a great one. Me too. But I think they're, they're so much better prepared to go into New Orleans now than they would have been. Just to having experience that Chicago atmosphere. I mean, New Orleans is an extremely tough place to play. I, I personally think playing the Saints in New Orleans is the toughest game in the NFL. Like if you told me, you know, I would rather play the Saints in uh, I would rather play the Chiefs in Kansas City than the Saints in New Orleans. I would almost rather play the Patriots in New England. Like, I think going to New Orleans is an extremely tough game. But the fact that this group of guys yesterday got this done together, I think they'll be better for it heading into this matchup. Yeah, I'm, and it's, uh, what do you think the, the storylines are going to be? Because I, I don't really well, know anymore other know than. Nick Foles and Drew Brees went to the same high school. <laughs> the, yeah. Do you know that Nick Foles also broke uh, all of uh, Drew Brees' records in high school <laughs> and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? The, uh, um, it, it is, uh, uh, I, I think that there's just. You know, that revenge factor has is starting to brew up again. Jason Peterson even mentioned it. Like, hey, you know, they embarrassed us and, you know, 
et cetera, et cetera. And, and the, the fourth and seven bomb when it, they were up, when it, whatever it was, 38 to seven. And everybody's kind yeah. of thinking that way. And the narrative is like, hey, this isn't a, this isn't the same team that they faced. And it literally is not the same team that they faced. Um, you know, different quarterback and Sidney Jones isn't going to be targeted. And Peter King won't have any more stories to write and whatever. But yeah. like I. Sitting, uh, on your, sitting on your boy Sidney. You won't have a chance <laughs> to do that this week. I know, right? Um, but it is. Um, I, we heard it with the Vikings fans for a little bit. We've heard it now with, at least this morning, I've been enjoying listening to Chicago sports radio, just hearing. Yeah, what's that been like? Oh, You're man. telling me. A lot of, lot of different theories on, on getting two kickers and, you know, God knows what else. The most rational thing that I heard was actually, hey, the offense didn't do their job. And I was like, oh, there you go. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, actually, you know what, sorry, let me make a really quick point because I wanted to make it earlier and we got sidetracked. Um, to the to the point of the Bears' offense, like yes, Mitchell Trubisky, not I, we we all we all agree going into this game, not the quarterback that the Bears won, and that that's the quarterback you want to face for the Eagles. But I do think it's worth pointing out, like the Bears' offense, I think was ninth in the league in points this year, and yeah. I looked it up this morning. I think they only scored under twenty points one time this year at home. So yes, the Bears' offense is is not you know because of Trubisky, it's not elite, but the the job that the Eagles' defense did was was extremely impressive like they didn't beat up on a bad unit they went in there and they shut down a unit that have been having a lot of success this year yeah and that was that's been a big wave of realization the main things that i heard from chicago sports radio were they've got this guy cravion leblanc he sucked here you know <laughs> what are they do Corey graham's never been good in his life and these guys are beating up, you know, it's been it's been a lot of that. And also just like, I don't think we gave enough credit to the Eagles defensive line, which is 100 percent true. You know, I mean, it's just they and it's better. It's better than it's, the Bears. Defense it is. Line. It is. You know, the, the the front four I'll take against their front four. front seven. Yeah. yeah, you got an argument there. But the front four, I mean, they've been doing this for a while. And, you know, Mike, that's why I don't understand about some of this stuff. Like Michael Bennett had a fantastic game. We all said Bobby Massey and him is a mess. You know, have that matchup. Him and Brandon Graham, that's a mess. Like, that is an advantage that nobody, everybody's so focused on Khalil Mack. And rightfully so. But again, that's where, you know, people get shocked. And it's not shock. It's just this is, this defense has been good. This defense has been playing like that for a long time. And then they have the better quarterback and, you know, the experienced one, everything piles on. Yeah. And that's an important distinction to make because. I feel like we've changed the way we look at this team in a lot of ways, but one, one thing we haven't changed, I know there's a lot of fans doing this, and I'm sure we've, we've been guilty of it, but like, it's time to stop looking at this secondary as like an undermanned, useless unit that's a huge problem for this defense. I mean, the secondary is playing very well. Cravion LeBlanc, that play he made yesterday ripping the ball out, I saw, um, I think it was John Middlecoff, the former Eagles scout that does his own podcast now, said like on Twitter, that's an elite cornerback play. Avante yep. Maddox, certainly had his moments in the second half that were not ideal. He's been playing at a high level. Rasul Douglas, my boy, has been playing very well. Like, and obviously Jenkins is who he is. Jenkins is, you know, one of the best safeties in the league. But, like, so going into New Orleans, this secondary is just such a different place than it was. And I think that's just an important thing for Eagles fans to remember this week. Like, the secondary is not Devontae Bosby and uh, Shandon Sullivan anymore. Like, these are legitimate players Eagles are building with that they can feel confident in going into this game. Certainly, and that's just the, the I was I was walking to work today too, just thinking the same thing of being like, man, um, and, and not only for this season, but those are 
Now you just went from like a, a position that you was kind of like way up in the air. Uh, and now you have maybe Cravion LeBlanc can be your starting nickel instead of Vontae yeah. Maddox, who should be starting on the outside. And you hold on to Rodney because he's important. And yeah, I know his cap number looks a little weird and maybe they can fix that. And you can kind of just be as like, that's what I'm saying. That if anybody start Avante on the outside. Well, that's what I said. If you have, right, yeah. I, I'm, I'm there now. Like I don't, I don't put him at safety at all based on these games, like based on the potential that can all change. And, it can change with him too because he's shown that he can play all all three spots. Razul Douglas has again turned in a, another fantastic game. Um, yeah, led the team in tackles, which I was surprising considering how well Nigel played. It looked like just watching it, not looking at the stat sheet, I thought Nigel would definitely lead them in, in tackles. But Rasul ended up doing it yet again, which feels like every week now at this point. Yeah, uh, and I, I just started thinking, you know, down the road, and I go, okay, you know, forget the. Like, Foles, will he be in the Hall of Fame? Or, like, you know, what, whatever the offseason discussion is, Foles and Wentz to the 10th degree because Ian Rappaport was saying, you know, and which we'll get into, like, they're going to they're gonna move on from Foles and they're going to hand it over to Wentz, which I still think is the right decision no matter what happens here. Yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think we both hold the right to change our mind on this, on this decision. And I think that deep down that we both know, and I think everyone knows the right one is to stick with Wentz. But I will say, like, an important... Um, way to view this, and I've kind of really, this has been my new viewpoint on it since this morning, is like Nick Foles, or sorry, Carson Wentz didn't lose a starting job. Like this, it's not, it's not a shot at Carson to say you should stick with Foles. It's not saying Carson's not as good as he used to be. It's not saying he can't be who he is. Foles has won the job. Like if this was an open competition and there weren't the dynamics at play that there are, like there would be no debate. Like Foles would be the guy. So like, I just think that it's important to be able to say, like, look, the fact that Foles even made this a discussion is a credit to how well he's played. It's not a shot at how, how poorly Carson's played. It's more how well Nick has played. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I, I just keep thinking the same thing. If they win the Super Bowl, are they – is this one of the greatest teams of all time? Because, uh, like – Good question. From, from what – They've been and and again, this has never happened before in NFL history. So I think they automatically would get in. But just the way they've done it, two years in a row with these guys, with just bodies, and I start thinking of that too of how many times and rightfully we've questioned, you know, draft classes and some trades, and now you know everybody's back on board with the Golden Tate thing because he catches uh, the game winning touchdown and and. Things like that. I still that. think it was a bad trade. Oh yeah, of course. And, and and that's yeah. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, everybody would say the same thing. But um, the way they filled the holes with injuries and everything else still comes down to scouting a little bit to me. I mean, to to look Cravion LeBlanc. I, I don't think they got that lucky, is what I'm saying. No, you know, I agree. And 100%. and to hit on Cravion LeBlanc to have. Both Sullivan's here to kind of you know to contribute to have Russell Douglas suddenly like have confidence and do all this different stuff. That's uh, I mean that is cause of drafting. That is cause of decision making. That's you know all, all of that. Um, and that's I mean, those I are two things. Part I of it is yeah. I mean, look, part of it is like, and I've mocked it at times this year, but like the saying, the new norm. Like the reason the Eagles are who they are as a franchise is because of the strong backbone of everything you just talked about. Like GM, you know, the coach, the scouting department, all that stuff. Like, that's how you win consistently. That, that's how you get to the point that they're at. So I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think there's anything lucky. And 
look, if they win another Super Bowl, um, yeah, they're on the short list. And I'll say this. Tell me what you think. I think the winner of the Eagles Saints game is going to win the Super Bowl. Of course they are. Yeah, 100% they are. Like it, Do you agree? It, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't matter if the Rams or Dallas comes out of it. Like, it's that's that's the road. And you're going, oh, my God. And this does feel 9-7 and seven Giants-ish. It really does. Like, it's, um, you know, and, yeah. it, and, it, and it's just kind of, well, the Giants aren't going to go into Green Bay and be there in Rodgers. You know, that's that's they're not going to go into New Orleans and beat Drew Brees, which at what seven playoff games have gone through there since Drew Brees is there and he hasn't lost any of them. Is that right? Oh, uh, is that true? I don't that's that's a very big factor in my who I'm gonna pick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. No, it's it's all stacked against the Eagles, and Vegas seems to think so, even though nine is just such a crushing opening line. Uh but uh, yeah, I, I I 100% believe that because if you make it through New Orleans, why would going to Dallas or LA scare you at that point? You just went through right. the the you know the death mall, really. So yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah, I um, actually think they would crush the Cowboys if they played them in Dallas in the championship game. Yeah, I don't even think it would be particularly close, and that would be bad for my timeline because I've been pro Dak. But like, I don't <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think that game would be close. Going to LA. I could see that one being a bit of a, 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 you know, being difficult. But, you know, really quick, just to kind of talk about the Saints game, just from a little bit of an X's and O's standpoint, like the Saints are not as good as they were when the Eagles played them. Like just taking, you know, a look at them this morning and more in depth, like the Eagles, you can make the argument, the Eagles played them when the Saints were at the height of their power this year, just in terms of the offense, how much they were scoring, how well they were playing. The Saints now are not playing at that level, and they won't have played a meaningful game for almost three weeks. So, this game is very winnable. Like, I don't, I don't know if they'll win or not. I don't really have a feeling yet, but the game is very winnable. Uh, yeah, it is. And it doesn't, like, w- we will kind of wait till the preview show to really kind of break that down. But, um, you know, that uh, that Eagles offense that you've seen since, since well, I mean, even when Carson came back and took it over again and uh, – against the Giants in that whole run, the thing that you've been saying, and then when Nick Foles got in there, like it got looser and it got a little better. Ever since that game, the offense kind of found its stride again. This offense can score points against that Saints defense, and uh, Mm -hmm. I won't say match with what – I mean, and the other thing is, too, this is the other thing you you don't know and you're just kind of, well, I don't think or I do think because the Saints have had some time off and they haven't been been, uh, you know playing particularly well towards the end. And neither is Drew Brees. Like, Drew Brees – wasn't putting up those kind of numbers against the the Bucks. I mean, he was under right. under 300 yards for a lot of those games. Sometimes it really doesn't matter, though. You know, I mean, they're fired up. They're they they got they know they got a chance to win a Super Bowl. Didn't seem to bother the uh, the Eagles last year, but um, I well, do think Eagles, that's a factor. The Eagles did come out. The Eagles did come Cold. out really sloppy and yeah. slow again. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah. I, I think there will be an opportunity to do that early and. Uh, just like you said, I mean, you know, Doug has been. Uh, what's his record now when he scores first in a in a football game? I saw that go by the timeline. Something like uh, twenty one and three or twenty one and four, something something like that. I forget what it was off the top of my head, but it's it's extremely high. I mean, when this team scores first, they win. Like that's basically what happens. So yeah, getting out to a lead next week, and and let me ask you this. Tell me if, and I'm happy I'm asking you this on a podcast and not tweeting it blindly <laughs> before I discuss it with somebody. But like, okay, ready. Do the Eagles have a better offense than the Saints in terms of, like, I think their offensive line is better. Yeah. I think, obviously, Drew Brees is better than Nick Foles, but Nick Foles is playing at a high level. 
They have Alvin Kamara, which is a weapon the Eagles don't have. Right. But the Eagles have better tight ends. They have better receivers. I don't know. I mean, like, the, the Saints are a high-powered offense, but they're also kind of an offense where, like, you know, they throw it to Michael Thomas, and then they do Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Like, I think they're not as uh, – they don't have as much versatility as the Eagles do, I guess. Like, how crazy of a statement is that? Um, I agree. Because it primarily runs through two guys, right? I mean, right. well, three, if you want to call include like Ingram and, and stuff of that in there. Uh, you know, Teddy Ginn's back, so maybe that makes a little bit of a difference. But, yeah, in terms of just like what they run, I mean, they don't run a ton of 12 personnel. They mainly stick with, you know, 11 or 21 or, you know, st- uh, uh, something along those lines where they're they're trying to get that mixed in. They, Drew likes to operate uh, in an empty backfield most of the time. And... Yeah, it's just it's not as yeah you're right it's not as versatile like there's there's a lot of different I things. I don't think it's as talented. I mean, if you go one through eleven, like no, I don't think I it's mean, as it's, talented either. But the 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 Saints' high end talent where it matters most at quarterback, at wide receiver, at running back, I think those three win out over you know the top tier talent that the that the Eagles have. But that's there's nothing behind that. You know, that's what that's what I mean. Like right. There's there's well, more. First of all, playmakers. Go, I guess don't go dissing my boy Alson saying that Michael Thomas is better. No, <laughs> <laughs> but no, <laughs> no. I agree with you. I- yeah, ooh. Your call has been forwarded to oh, an automated no! voice messaging system. We lost Elliot. Two, six. Oh, there you uh, are. Hey. I know. I know. Maybe recording from uh, the Chicago airport by Spirit was not the best decision. But yeah, nor taking that airline. Like this, you got to do it. You got to do yeah, it. I have some strong opinions on Spirit, but I don't want to share them until I land safely in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, that's that's fair. Uh, any final thoughts as we're exiting out of here, though? Uh, I have so many thoughts. I mean, I guess my final one would be. Oh my God! It happened again. Are you kidding me? Chicago Airport is is dying. This can break this game down. No, I think this game's winnable. I don't know who I'm going to pick yet, but I think it's it's extremely winnable for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, so do I. And uh, it's going to be a fun week. So hopefully you guys can. And, and we'll, uh, you know, stay tuned because the Fillmore might be happening again. I've heard whispers that we're going to be there for another viewing party. It is free to come and you can be a part of the podcast. It'll be a lot of fun while Elliot is enjoying his flavor with the fans of Philly down in, <laughs> down right. in New Orleans. Uh, but uh, it should be a good time. And you got to make sure you're rating, subscribing, and reviewing, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find your fine podcasts. Um, and more importantly, follow us on the Twitter.com, at GoBirdsPod, at GoBirdsPodWIP on Facebook as well, because the vision board, Elliot, has been phenomenal uh, ever since right. the Rams game. We've called a lot of great things, and there's a video of of said calls you know, the, so jump in the pool is what I'm saying. I certainly hope I'm in that. I haven't uh, seen this yet, but yeah, actually, the, in these cuts, you're not because <laughs> oh, I God. couldn't, I couldn't think of anything. But trust me, the the things that we have saying, been saying, are all coming true. So it's uh, although you don't hear everybody's voice on the, uh, you know, on the cuts, we're we're all on the same page. So it's, I was going to say, I've I've picked, I think, the last six games right. Yes, you I'm have. A, I'm on a roll. So I, who I picked this week, I don't want to say it's the most influential thing in Philadelphia, but let's just say <laughs> the, the world will win. But Rams win, Texans win, 
uh, calling the Bears over the Vikings, Eagles beating the yep. Bears, the Cody Parkey crossbar hex on the preview show, and then of course my vision is that the Eagles beat the Saints, and I said that two weeks ago. So, so you're so you're wait just you're that's your pick. That's your, my, your oh pick. yeah 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 the, the okay. Eagles right, are beating the Saints, down. and again it's who and. The way I predicted it was, just as a reminder, so it's on the record twice, is that uh, it is it is Jake Elliott time with four seconds left. Forty one yard field goal is going to win it, and, and it's and it's going to be like that. So uh, buckle Good day up for the Elliott brand. So. <laughs> That's right. That is right for Elliott Shore Parks. I'm John Barton. This has been Go Birds number forty nine right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio ninety four WIP.